Welcome to another long-awaited edition of the Long Leg Podcast. We are one of the the Mall Over Podcast conglomerate members. Um, we get to, you can't predict when we're going to get together and and podcast, and we don't even know ourselves. I just thought, I mean, I'm I'm Adam, but if you're listening to this, you probably know that already. Russ is with me. Um, Hello. We're just, just going to have a chat about Test cricket. And yeah, uh, and you know, I've got plenty of opinions on on Test cricket. That's for certain. And like, wow. Let, let's see where it takes us, Adam, because <laughs> I think we we could end up down all sorts of roads. We we could, and there's as far as England are concerned, probably not a lot to be positive about right now. Which, which seems weird. It seems a bit unsettling, but here we are. Bef- before we get into that, how about a bit of light relief and a bit of mild entertainment that has nothing to do with anything other than the link to test cricket i've, I've got a little quiz for you russ I'm, I'm glad it's just me doing said quiz as well yeah this will I mean, really expose me you can't win or lose you could just get a score out of 10 and you know if you if you're listening see how you you do against against russ if you like um, but that's no, just a bit of a fairly miscellaneous questions, but they're all about test cricket, which are obviously the best best form of cricket. So yeah, see how you get on. Question, question one: Which Australian's test career consisted of 20 tests in 2015 and 2016 at a batting average of 61.87? Uh, oh, is that um, Adam Voges? It is Adam Voges. That's a strong start, Russ. I'll take that. Very well done. Okay, second question. Who is third on the... Well, what prompted this was Stuart Broad moved up into second place. No, not Stuart. Was it, was it, yeah, it was Stuart Broad. Um, moved up into second place on the all-time list of ducks um, recently. So who is third now on the all-time list of total test ducks with 36, but from only 104 innings? I mean, I probably should have listened to this when Stuart Broad was, <laughs> was out for a duck. Um, Courtney but I didn't. Walsh is still number one. I'm thinking, so if Courtney Walsh is number one and Stuart Broad is number two, then would it... Chris Martin was a perennially bad batsman, but I don't know if he had many ducks. Um, and he probably had more than 100 and, 104 test innings, did you say? Yeah. I'm going to say Chris Martin because I just know he was bad. Uh, it is Chris Martin. Um, <laughs> in term, if you if you drew up a list of ducks for innings ratio, he'd be yeah. way way on top, obviously. Okay. Ducks so, for innings. Two. What a great start that is. Ducks for innings. <laughs> All right. And following off from that, question three: Which Pakistani leg spinner is the highest player on the same list from that country? Pakistani leg spinner. God, now I. I mean, I can only th- I can only think of Saeed Ajmal, but like it's not going to be Saeed Ajmal because he was a half decent batsman. And was he a leg spinner? Isn't not a leg spinner. spinner. <laughs> Isn't a leg spinner. <laughs> um, so that and, and that leads like my mind is blank as far as Pakistani leg spinners. Oh. Mm, 
can't be uh, Shade of Friedley. I mean, he played a long time, but he's the only, uh, other than Saeed Jasmal, who's not a, a Pakistani leg spinner, um, he is actually the only Pakistani leg spinner that I can think of right at this minute. Yeah, he was too good at batting yeah. to be on this list. Yeah, he, um, The answer is Danish Canaria. Oh, oh Danish Canaria. I mean, were they, were they ducks that he chose to get? Or... <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe he, maybe his his test career should be scrubbed from the records, like it was scrubbed from my mind. Yeah, yeah, there's an argument for that. Um, also, his Essex career as well. Yes. Um, okay, two out of three so far. Question four. Before James Bracey, who we will definitely come on to talking about, who was the last Gloucestershire player to play a test for England? Mm. A test for England? Yeah. So during the 90s, it's... I can't remember whether it would be Mark Elaine, whether he played test matches before or after. Uh, R.C. Russell um, or I've got it completely wrong but I can't think of any other Gloucester players that have been involved so I'm going to have to say Jack Russell but I'm probably going to get it wrong and say Mark Elaine well it's not Mark Elaine and it's not Jack Russell either Mark Elaine I don't think played a test Stody eyes, um, but it was an, the the answer is John Lewis, who played a single test match is. in 2006. Who's now England bowling coach? He is. He is. John Lewis. Yes, I remember. Incredible ODI bowler. Yes. Uh, I think just he's a bit of a Dave Masters, wasn't he? Just metronomic. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but never probably didn't have enough nip to be a good test bowler. Yeah. But he, he'd reel off those sort of eight over spells at the start of an ODI and go for like 10 runs at the start of an innings. Yeah, we could. Well, no, not, not too much wrong with the, uh, the short form at the moment. Okay, question five. Which West Indian player has played the most tests for them with 164? Shibrain Chandapur. Yeah, correct. Okay, three, three out of five. Question six, which of the following wicket keepers has a test wicket? Give, give you MS Dhoni, Alex Stewart, Adam Gilchrist, and Mark Boucher. I am uh, going to plump for Mahendra Singh Dhoni because I seem to remember him bowling a bit of random military medium at some point. He is incorrect, but he has bowled, definitely. Uh, the answer is Mark Boucher, who got a test wicket in the West Indies in an innings where all 11 South Africans bowled. That's glorious. <laughs> um, question seven. Name one of the other three debutants who made their debut in the same test as Sir Alistair Cook. Uh, okay. Sir Alistair... Oh, in India, Alistair Cook made his debut in 2006 in the winter of 2006 yeah. uh, Monty uh, that is correct well done a, also making a debut in the same test Ian Blackwell I nearly said Ian Blackwell <laughs> I nearly said Ian Blackwell but a part of me 
yeah. <laughs> single Got test for Ian. Sing, single test for Ian Blackwell. Yeah, uh, and also Sam. Remember him? He was wasn't he done for match fixing as well or something other? I don't, I don't there was. Know. I've, missed, I've missed it if he has. I always quite liked him. Just yeah, just he, proper he fiery in... character. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. I'm sure he got himself in hot water and was banned for life for, for something. <laughs> okay, look, look that up. Okay, question eight. Um, which test cricket ground has ends called the Northern End and the Golf Club End? Is it test? Obviously, a test ground. The Northern yeah. End and the Golf Club End. Yeah. out at you it's not um i mean if it's a test uh so it'll be a test ground test ground in britain that is is it in britain uh it, it, I'll, I'll say it is yeah i'll say oh. it is so the river end is at Sophia Gardens, so I don't think it'd be there. My, my the, the first thing said Durham is what it said to me. Chesterley Street is what it said to me when I first asked when you first answered the question. Uh, that's incorrect. It is the Aegeus Bowl. Uh, Chesterley Street, I think, is the Finkel End. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's Finkel and Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Weirdly. Um, all right, uh, I've, I've lost track of how many you've got. Four, uh, three, four. 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 Anyway, two two left. Which Australian batsman hit his career highest test score of 176 at the Oval in 2013? Marcus North. Yeah, no, no. Oh! It, was, it was Shane oh, Watson. Shane Watson. Where did Marcus North score 100? Oh. Um, was, was that in Cardiff in 2009? He... It probably would have been... 2009. He might have played in that series as well later. Or 2013, Cardiff. And he was their spinner, of course, at the yeah. <laughs> Oval. Um, and finally, what was the last England Test cap number which was issued to Ollie Robinson? Oh, fuck. I don't even know. So where are they? And then they in like eight? Isn't it eight eighty something? Oh, you're not even close. I'll yeah, put you out. Your misery, then. Uh, it's six nine nine. Weirdly, they issued one to Alan Jones, and quite recently, who played like a rest of the world type test about forty fifty years ago. Yeah. Um, and it got acknowledged as test status or whatever. But there you go. I think that was four out of ten, which isn't too shabby. Well, it was. Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, okay. Depends which way you look at it. Should have done. Should have done better. Forty percent is not uh, is not an acceptable. I mean, there, there's some quite niche stuff in there, to be fair, and we are niche <laughs> anyway. Um, speaking of niche, I mean, in England versus New Zealand two test series when the the Euros are just starting is is reasonably niche, um, but maybe the Euros <laughs> should have got more attention from us. Um, but maybe the England cricket team have been concentrating on the Euros. Maybe they've been concentrating on deleting tweets. Who I, knows? Yeah, I think this whole New Zealand um, test series is, was an absolute waste of time in every single way. It, 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 it's insulting, I think. I, th I think that... I don't really know who, but if, if it's a 
selection thing, a management thing, a, a, the players. But they've looked at New Zealand and think this is this is just a little warm up, two test series. We could rotate a few players. We've got five tests against India coming up, and then the Ashes. It's just New Zealand. We'll do whatever. We'll probably beat them anyway because it's home. Hang on, have you not watched New Zealand in the last couple of years? They are a strong test side in almost every facet. Yeah, and it's it's insulting to them. I mean, they they should be getting more than two tests anyway. Um, but just to, I just had the impression that everything about it smacked of this isn't important. Oh, absolutely. And the fact that there's no no World Test Championship points on it, who cares? The fact that it's just been shoehorned into the schedule to allow New Zealand to play some Test matches ahead of the World Test Championship final uh, at Southampton in the coming week. Um, New Zealand albeit have, have been the most consistent side over the last three or four years, have played a hell of a lot of test matches at home. But what it has allowed them to do is, is build a squad of, what it's shown, build a squad of players, not just a team of players, a squad of players that are exactly the right sort of character for test cricket. And what England have done is almost gone entirely the other way. Brick by brick dismantled the England test team in favor of bringing of, of white ball cricket. And, you know, you reap what you sow in, in a large amount of cases. And this was very much England getting it very, very wrong. I mean, we've, we've talked about, we've talked before about how the test team went backwards under Trevor Bayliss while the white ball team went so far forwards. And that, that was always the goal. Um, but it was definitely to the te- detriment of the test team. Um, I, but I also felt that since Chris Silverwood came in, um, we had an excellent away series in South Africa sort of 18 months ago. And some some of the old values that had disappeared seemed to come back, like valuing your wicket as a batsman. Um, as Sibley had a success in that series, didn't he? Um, and we thought, well, actually, we've got some decent players at the top of the order um, since then I mean we I'm not going to think too much about the tests we had at home last summer um, but in Sri Lanka and India yeah some stuff didn't go to plan um, but this recent series just to me seems worse it just they have, I, don't, I don't know what it is if it I mean you're looking at I mean it's mostly the batting and it's all, that, it's it's entirely the batting, you know. Well, the, the fact, pitches... Come on, come on to that. Start. Let's start with the selection. Yeah. Um, well, Burns and Burns was always going to come back in. He's played well um, for for Surrey at the start of the championship season, and and you know what? I'm not. You know, he I, he was sort of unceremoniously dropped after that first test in India, wasn't he? He played that first test in yeah. India and then didn't play again, which I thought was really unfair considering how the rest of the series went um, and the fact that he was coming back in after that ankle injury um, and or yeah and yeah. and the um, the fact that in Sri Lanka Sibley and Crawley did okay I think it's probably Sibley I mean Sibley struggled against the left arm um, the left armor the left I arm from, spinner from... I don't have the stats in front of me. I think they, I think they found it hard, both of them in the, in those conditions. Yeah. Um, but I, 
sort of dug in and got got results out there. So, Sibley, I think he got an eight. He got an eight spot, didn't he? Yeah, I think. But but the the most important thing is Burns was always going to come back in, and I don't have an issue with Burns's performance. I think over the you know over the two Test matches, he's probably one of the only people that can. Stab of his head held high. He scored that turn at Lords, yeah. which you know, without that, we would have been bang in trouble and lost. Even with the weather, we would have lost two Test matches. Um, Sibley is an odd one. He scored that uh, second innings, sort of fifty odd, didn't he? Again, as they batted out the draw uh, at Lords, and then he scored some runs in the first innings here, and albeit a few, um, but it just. Like you say, the value, the value of the wicket. Crawley came in and started to drive from ball one, and when you've got the likes of Crawley, Pope batting on off stump, it baffles me. But I can't dig too much into technique because you know I'm not a Test international cricketer or coach, so you know it's not really my place to judge people's technique. But I mean, we we are in no way qualified to say any no. of the stuff that we no, are. Well, rejected, that's, that's true. That's we're going to do it anyway because but, we're fans, and you know, it, all of all of the qualities. It's all very well coming out and playing shots and saying, "Well, this is the way we play." You know, this is this is how we're going to get ourselves out of trouble. But Ollie Pope gets to twenty by playing, and he always is always at twenty at a runner ball. By, and he'll play in that 20. He will have had at least three flashy cover drives and one streaky edge, maybe down through third man. And everyone will say, oh, yeah, Pope looks good. And then he'll get himself See, out. On With, with Ollie Pope, there's this constant Ian Bell comparison. And that's part, partly his appearance. Yeah. But obviously, the, the way he plays, he's quite elegant. He's quite, he's quite good to look at. Um, but the comparison extends further than that, I think. So Ian Bell, the start of his test career, he was average at times. He was getting out cheaply in situations when the pressure was on. He was accused of, you know, he'd only score 100 if someone else already had that sort of thing. And he's, he was coming in similar spot in the, in the lineup. Now, eventually, obviously, Ian Bell sorted himself out, settled in and made himself a le- legit part of that team. He was part of the... Number obviously the the team that reached number one 2010 2011 ashes overseas you know, no nobody questioned his spot at that time but in his early career they did and it very much reminds me of this now maybe Ollie Pope will come good um, but at the moment I don't think you, you could justify him um, and at the same time you couldn't with Bell maybe two or three years into his career it it's really frustrating when. Let me see. Yeah, it's obviously not just Pope, um, Sibley and Crawley. I mean, in fact, the the only batsman who averages over forty or even over thirty five in that top order is Root. Yeah. Um, Burns, I think, is next at thirty three. Um, yeah, we're not we're not questioning Burns right now. He's just he's just hit a hundred. But um, Sibley, Crawley, Pope, you know, their their numbers aren't good enough. Um, so, yeah, and then you find people like Bracey, who is very, Bracey's very much a victim of circumstance here. He, um, he is, but what, what's gone, what, how has this happened? I mean, yes, Ben Folks has, he had a really unfortunate injury, which reminded me of when Foster came in all those years ago, 
had toured India and New Zealand and then got his arm broken in the nets early that summer. Um, I think Alex Stewart came back and Foster only played one more test ever. Yeah. And feels a bit like that with folks. He still hasn't played a test at home. I don't think I might be why, wrong about that. So I need to know why Ollie Pope wasn't given the gloves because all of the indications oh, were Ollie why, Pope. Why wasn't be... Josh Butler given the gloves? If... Yeah, well, yeah, question. If he's in the country, and then and, I mean, this is this brings us on to a wider point that I wanted to discuss a bit later is that you've got the fucking Curran brothers and Josh Butler and Moe and Ali playing in the T20 blast while our test team are getting pumped. And nobody really seems to care about it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you've got Root and Silverwood, and I don't think it's it's definitely not Joe Root's fault. Um, you know, they've James Harrison. I find it baffling that he's not conducted any sort of face to face media interview to explain what's going on, even after the the Ed Smith um, withdrawal, after they decided to to move away from the the Ed Smith selection type uh model and they just don't they're so faith like they spent so long focusing on white ball cricket and they got white ball cricket to the point where we are the world champions and you know one still the best probably the best team in the world with incredible depth yet when it comes to test cricket we're picking like people like james bracy and they're saying well you know he's been around the environment that's really important as we have these, um, what are they calling it now? Um, something living environments or, you know, I can't remember what they're called. Rather than bubbles, they're calling it yeah, like a yeah. specialised living environment or whatever it is. And I just think that, you know, they, they're picking, they, they've got these players in a squad and they're like, well, they, they've been hanging around now. We've made them carry drinks for 12 months. Because Bracey was there or thereabouts last summer, wasn't he, when they had that trial match last summer. Okay, yeah. They played the uh, the probables versus the possibles or whatever ahead of the <laughs> ahead of yeah. the um the series against West Indies and Pakistan. And I know he was involved in that and he's an opening bat, right? So why are you why are you bringing in an opening bat and playing him at it's seven? Why are you why are you having someone like Ollie Pope, who you first brought into the side and batted at number four, when all of his career at Surrey is batted at number six? Why bring Jason Roy in, who's a middle order white ball smasher? Oh, sorry, a, a middle order opener, but a red ball sort of middle order player and opening the bat in? What is this fixation that England cricket have that they can go, you know what? Well, this player has done this all his life, but we think he's going to be really good here. What happened to just picking people and saying, you know what? If you're going to do that, like, so for, so if we, let's use the Pope and Bracey situation. I wouldn't have had a problem with them picking Bracey, but then batting him at three. Or even, you know, batting him at three, move, move, um, and then Crawley maybe to five, or not picking Crawley. And then you've got Pope, who is an actual middle order batsman. Instead of batting him at five, he can come in at seven because the position is very similar. But instead, you've got a, you've got a, an opening batsman or a number three top order batsman batting at number seven, which is completely different. It it feels a bit like there's lots of, too much inflexibility. So we yeah yes, there's COVID. Yes, they've there are issues with certain players coming in and out of the, the team in the normal as as you would be able to normally, but there should still be some level of flexibility. They've decided to 
rest certain players from certain series as part of this rotation. So, sorry, thing. but I don't think that that can be using excuses anymore. No, now no, that no, all no, the no, testing, no. now that all the testing's here, this whole oh well, bringing it's more difficult to bring people in out, which I think is now in this. No, 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 situation. I'm not. I'm, I'm bullshit. I'm not making excuses. I'm just... no, no, no. I know you're not, but like I could see them using that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, but, it, but, like they're, say, but they're not they're not being they're not being flexible so as ben folks as an example they'd obviously planned to play him for this series at number seven as, as a wicket keeper which is the spot he should have had um but they've then gone right he's gone down injured rather than being flexible and done something like you say okay bring in bracy and he can bat higher up we'll shuffle things about or we 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 are yeah we played joss butler in that role or rather than doing anything that you or I would look at it and say, yeah, that's what we should, that's what we should do. They've just gone, oh, let's just pick a stopgap, stick him in where folks was. It doesn't matter. It's only New Zealand. He's only going to play a couple of tests. Who cares? That's, that's the vibe. That's yeah. the, just, it, it's so frustrating when you, you know, it, their confidence, everybody's confidence is going to be dented as a result of this, even if they've played well themselves. And it's just been a miserable performance. And, yeah, as as you rightly say, the, it would have been two nil, but for the weather at Lords. Yeah, easily. Generous declaration disguises a lot there. It absolutely does, and it's like I'm so it's so frustrating to watch because like we can't go back to. I get that we can't go back to the '90s where we had a re- basically a revolving door selection policy. I, I get that. And people have to be given time. I get that. But we're at a point with some players now. And how many times did Joe Root and Ben Stokes and Josh Butler, yeah, how many times did they were they bought in and out of the England side before they established themselves? A, a few. Other than Alistair Cook, who came in for that India tour, right? Other than other than Alistair Cook, how many England batsmen came into the squad? I suppose you could, you could put Jonathan Trott and probably KP in the same bracket, but come into the squad and then never left. Literally never left until they decided to leave. Root's an interesting one. I don't think he missed many, but he was an no, open star. He, he opened, he batted at six, he was dropped, he played that... Um, Played that Ashes series, didn't he? And then he was dropped. I think he was dropped two or three, at least twice, yeah. out of the squad and then came back. Stokes the same. Obviously, Stokes, slightly different kettle of fish. But Stokes was brought into the squad. He played in uh, Australia. They scored that ton in Australia. And then he came back and he was he was dropped after that, I believe. Um, Butler, the same, in and out, in and out. Do, 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 you, do you think that... The players are, or most of the personnel are right, and they're just not playing well enough for various reasons. Or, or are there other people that need to come in? I mean, maybe it's a it's a case by case question, but I mean, I I don't think Zach Crawley should be anywhere near the team right now. And no, I could possibly I say the same about Pope. Um, so, I mean, and you, but you can only go. And the, the question is then, who who do you bring in for them? And I think I'm a I'm a firm believer in in people getting like entire series or bought in for, you know, yeah yeah a, a yeah. lot of a decent amount of time and played. Um, but like so Crawley Crawley scored that 250 
against Pakistan on a absolute road at Southampton. Was it Southampton? Or Old Trafford? No, it was Southampton. Might have been Manchester. I can't remember. Who, One yeah. of the two. doesn't matter. On an absolute road. Some where generic him, ground with no him, fans and a hotel at yeah, the end of it. Yeah. Him and Josh Butler, like, they put four, 350 on on a road. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, Zach Crawley, he's, he's the one. After not scoring any real runs in, in county cricket, you know, after no real exposure. And now he's having a tough time. Now's the time for him to go and go, right, you go back to Kent. Um, you go back to Kent and you score, go and score lots of runs. Go and bat. I want you need to bat at number three or open and you need to score a thousand runs at least until next year because you're not, you know, you're not ready for test test cricket as in you know the the different challenges that test cricket can bring because that was clear in sri lanka clear in india and like you've got to change now do we who do we the question of who do we bring in the only thing you can really look at is the county championship at the moment um for, for me and i said this on twitter recently the county championship really isn't a barometer for how good people are at cricket. There's absolutely no preparation. When you've got Darren Stevens at 145 years old, running in, bowling <laughs> at 70, 70, 75 miles an hour and taking five wickets every every innings and scoring 145 runs off 10 balls, it's not, it's not going to prepare you. Having now, said what, that... What doesn't help with this is the fact that they've, for now, anyway, they've ditched the two divisions. So we've got conferences. So you're playing, counties are just playing at one level again. So there was, I think it was a bit easier before with the Division 1 and Division 2. You knew that Division 1 was a higher standard of cricket and runs in the first division meant more. Now now it's become a more of a level playing field. I mean, there's there's a guy from Worcestershire, I think. Jake, Jake Libby. Yeah. He's uh, Cornish, Cornish lad. Oh, don't don't we won't hold that against him. But no, yeah, he's, but he scored he scored the most runs in the county championship this season so far. So, but my point around the England around people like Bracey Crawley, they they bring them into the setup early. They get them used to being around the setup without them playing any games, and then they get thrown into games, and then it's like, oh, actually, you might you might just not have it instead of picking, you know. Uh, why not? Why not allow people to to develop into four day cricketers properly with their counties, and then at 24, 25, 26, men, that that's a mental capacity thing to bring them into. Excuse me, into Test cricket, rather than suggesting, okay, right lads, you know, we're just going to throw you in and and make you develop on the job, because to me. You know, unless you are a special talent, a la Alistair Cook, you're you're not going to survive really in Test cricket until you've honed honed your game. Look look at Rory Burns; he's still not honed his game as, as such, and he's still not a, a a nailed on for the Test side. Everybody thought, oh, Dom Sibley, look at all the runs he scored for for Surrey and for Warwickshire. He, yeah, he's got to be Test Test worthy. And See, at, at times, he looks like he is. This is this is what's frustrating. I mean, but there have been some casualties in recent years, like Keith. I mean, Keith and Jennings probably never was good enough. But Mark yeah. Stoneman, for example, and there's some there's there's some other names that have just fallen by the wayside. Um, I don't I don't know where where we're going from here. Um, I have no idea 
Brisbane in November, what sort of lineup we're going to see? I, I don't I think imagine... they do. <laughs> no, no. But I, I imagine it won't be a very good one. I imagine it's uh, on the face of it. Um, it's well, just imagine what the Australian quicks will do to this batting lineup in Brisbane. Absolutely. And and when was the last time England, the English batsmen faced any pace bowling on a hard surface? They play all of the county championship at either end of the season, all the Red Bull cricket at either end of the season. And then the pitches get hard and they're playing flat track white ball cricket to score as many runs as possible. Mm. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and everyone say, oh yeah, well, but, but we're preparing for the Ashes. We're prepared. You can't, you can't be. You absolutely cannot be. The, the only thing that gives me a bit of hope there is that series in South Africa 18 months ago, but yeah, that seems a distant memory. Um, the the other thing, other than the batting, um, no spinner for for two tests. Now, I'm I'm not suggesting I wanted to see Dominic Bess anywhere near this team or ever do again. Um, but um, I, I I don't like doing that, regardless. Um, I I think it gives a it gives a really I think it gives off a real negative vibe. And, and it gives the opposition. I mean, you look at um, Jack, Jack Leach is Jack Leach is the incumbent, yeah, isn't he? And yeah. I don't think he's done a lot wrong. He, I don't, I don't mind Jack Leach as a bowler. I don't, he's he's not going to spin his way to seven hundred Test wickets, but at the at the moment, he's the the man in possession. And yeah. um, what's what's he done wrong to have Ollie oh, Robertson and Ollie Stone picked ahead of him? He can't he can't have done he can't have done anything because they've just decided that they don't want to pick a spinner and that Joe Root will be the, the off spinner. Now, when, you know, when they bring in New Zealand bought in um, Patel, right. And whilst he didn't turn the ball miles, he offered them a, an element of control and also took a couple of, let's say key wickets. He got root in that second innings. You need Um, need that balance in the side. That's that's right. But it allows, it, it just, it shows your hand Again, you, you talked about inflexibility earlier. It shows your hand to the opposition and says, right, this is what we're going to do. That we're not, you know, this is exactly what we're going to do. And ironically, the four bowlers they picked didn't really do the job that they they were picked to do. Like, I mean, Ollie Stone, meh. It's just another well, in a long line of bowlers. He's not showing the pace oh, that I thought he had. No. I was impressed. I've got to say, I, you know, I thought Ollie Robinson did a good job. I thought you know, yeah, he was the pick I, of the bowlers. Ironically, he's, he was probably the best best of the bunch. And, and everything that happened. he'll probably never play for England again. But, you know, so Mark Wood in flashes, bold, hostile. And, you know, that's what he's there to do. But I think he was, that, he was noticeably better in the first test, I yeah. thought. But yeah. then again, back to back test matches like yeah. Mark, Mark Wood. When was the last time Mark Wood played a back to back test match? long time ago because they've been managing it but they were their hand was forced by this they were again inflexibility yeah yeah you know they could have dropped they could have dropped mark wood bowled ollie stone in three or four over spells to bowl quick and said to ollie stone you we need your max and put a spinner in but they didn't what's the, what's the latest with murray and ali um, he's he played one test in india and then was rested again. Yeah. 
So I'm still thinking because he was in the IPL. Is it not part of the I, this IPL thing? Oh, maybe. But again, again, surely him getting some cricket. I mean, it's it's like nobody told the selectors that the IPL was cancelled. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they don't know. I, I, Moeen Ali's got to... I, I want to know if he... I'd, I'd love to see... And that balances the Ali back. It balances the side. Um, he's, he's just the sort of guy you root for. You, the, the way yeah, he's a, an attractive batsman to watch. He, he gives the ball a bit of a tweak. Um, he seems to play the game in the right way. I just, I just like the guy. I want to yeah. see. I don't know if he can do it anymore. I, I want to find out. Yeah, but, the, but what, what reason have we got to think that he, that he wouldn't? He did well. That one game he played against India... He bowled well. He did, yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's by no means mowing Ali's fault that we got absolutely pumped in India. He, t- he, he, top, he top scored with the bat, as I recall, as well. Well, yeah, he, he came in and flayed, didn't he, in that second innings. Um, but it's just a case of, like, what, why why are we picking... Well, why are we not picking mowing Ali? Even even in general, like, in general terms, why was mowing Ali not going to, to India as a number one spinner? Oh, well, we need to manage... Fuck the workload, right? These guys get a lot of days off, right? And touring it, touring India and the COVID bubbles and all that sort of stuff that they did on those tours, I can imagine would not have been too far different to what it would have been like touring India anyway. You know, it's not like they, they go out yeah. for walks outside the hotel and they, you know, oh, we're just going to nip down the pub or we're just going to go and do... You know, yes, they would have been confined and probably a little bit more confined than what they would have been ordinarily. But on the whole, you know, those tours aren't going to be fun for them. There would have been cricket and there would have been rest days and that was it. And training, you know, they're, they're very used to that. I mean, regardless of, as you say, regardless of COVID, I think to those sort of tours, it wouldn't have been that much different. As you say, they're, oh. they're used to that sort of life. Um, and they, they, it might not be ideal and, I get, but that's that's the the price you pay for for being a an international sportsman and, and a well paid one. Yeah, and and like all of all winter, all we heard was, oh well, you know the bubbles and this and that. That's just like being on tour. They're away from their family. They're they're on tour. That's just what happens. That's the life you sign up for. You know, if you want to play um, IPL and you want to go around the world playing in these other tournaments because it makes you a bit of cash. Fine, but if you're an England centrally contacted contacted player, either make yourself available and get picked, or declare yourself retired or unavailable for selection, and that's it. None of this bring you in like Chris Wokes. Like I know you don't like necessarily like Chris Wokes, but his average with the ball in England is ten. Like I can't be right. It's unbelievable. His <laughs> average, or maybe maybe it's, it's decent. No, it's, I get, yeah. it's very good, right? To, um, Sam Curran, you know, another one. Ugh, not everyone's cup of tea, but again, he balances the side. He was that left arm option. He was a, a lower order, a lower order batter. Um, not quite an all rounder, but more than more than handy with the bat. And when you when you've got Mark Wood coming in at eight, or Ollie Stone, or Ollie Robinson for that matter. Like, we looked so vulnerable, especially with Bracey not getting any runs, especially with Pope not getting any runs at, at, um, at six. That, or Lawrence. After, after Rue, it's what? Pope, Lawrence, Lawrence Bracey. Bracey. 
wood or stone or Robinson. Yeah, it, it's not good looking. <laughs> it's not a middle order that fills you with any confidence at all. No, and that, and that one said, got, actually did okay in that in the first innings of the second test. He got eighty odd, but I mean, I, yeah. Other other than that, there's not many runs from that middle order. But again, Lawrence is there. Lawrence is there. Lawrence, Lawrence is another one who's been messed about. He yeah. got brought in to bat at three, and he's never he never batted at three. Yeah. Um, he's probably in the right spot now, but okay. that England number six. That Oli, I mean, if anyone's going to be that England number six at the moment, it should be Ollie Pope, and that's where I think you know maybe they've got that wrong. And when Stokes is in the team again, it offers balance. But for this match, why not put Lawrence at five and Pope at six? They've promoted Pope to five because he's played more Test matches. That is the only reason. Not the fact he's a better, better batter. If if you're losing Stokes from the team for a couple of games, you what you need to balance it in you, some other way, whether whether that's a, a Sam Curran or a, a Moeen or sort of that that kind of selection. I know. Yeah, well, we they keep... tried to balance it by picking four seamers and no spinner. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. That's that's not going to do it. Nice. No. <laughs> um, you can. Uh, yeah, I like Joe Root's bowling, but it's not. It doesn't work in the same way. It doesn't work in the same way when he's the only person doing it. Because you know Joe Root at Edgebaston in June is not going to turn the ball. <laughs> yeah. it's, you know? it's not a great plan A. No, it's it? not. No. But Moeen in June at Edgebaston will turn the ball. Moeen gives it a rip. And that's what I find just so frustrating. You know, this whole IPL thing, this whole, oh, too much cricket, big year, India, all this bullshit. You know, I, I just find it almost incomprehensible that, that England are operating in this way. And we're being left so far behind by other nations. And, you know, I, we got to worry about India coming over here first because we're Bumra, Sharma, Shami. You know, we can't prepare pitches that are going to suit our our seam attack because our batters aren't good enough to repel theirs. So we're yeah, fucked. That's, that's, it's laughable, really. When it, normally, India at home, you can prepare things, you can make team selections in your favour. And we're normally pretty good against India at home. But I, yeah. I agree. I don't... I mean, we, India might prove to be a bit burnt out with the amount of cricket they've had. And they've just had... They'll have just had the World Test Championship final. So... Yeah, they're beatable, but I could, I could, I had the same fears you do. I just think we we've played India a number of times. And we've prepared green tops. I remember one at Lords. We prepared a green top at Lords. And me and um, my mate went to watch, and um, Rahani scored a ton on a green top because Broad and Anderson just didn't pitch it up. So we had this properly green surface on day one of a Test match. Some and they of those Lords green pitches, though they don't. You look at them and you think, wow, and then they yeah. don't do very much. No, but it also doesn't help when you bowl, when you bowl too short. Yeah, um, yeah. But I remember that, and uh, Gary Balance scored a ton on day two when we were there, which uh, we'll probably allude to when when that was. But like, oh. guessing that was fourteen. Fourteen. We, um, but we beat. We've ironically we've beaten India more recently at home on turning pitches or pitches that have turned later on in the game. <laughs> Southampton, yeah. um, 
we beat them at Heading. Was it Heading? I can't remember, but we beat them. Last time they were over here, we beat them pretty comprehensively. And, you know, all the talk was Anderson versus uh, Coley. And it just turned out to be Moe and Ali just dealing with them. And uh, I just I just fear the worst. I fear the worst. And I've, I'm even more fearful about the winter. And But we've got to get through India first. <laughs> yeah. And if there's, I'm not, I'm not saying you should ever use a five test series to prepare for the next one, but there's, there's got to be some way we come out of that better than we're going in. Um, I mean, as it as it stands, the thought of Australia away, it's it's just going to be another embarrassment. The trouble is, we can't prepare for it. We're in no position to prepare for it. No, well, we've got to try and find a way to be competitive again. Um, there you go. We've we've probably rabbited on for long enough about the the state of the, the England test team um, as therapeutic as it is yeah um, but it's always good to get together I do I do enjoy long leg talking cricket it's nice maybe we should do it again during the summer and uh, <laughs> we should we, we won't, commit to, we won't no. commit to anything no absolutely not <laughs> um, but yeah a bit of an impromptu pod it's funny how a bit of anger about performance or or do that so yeah i want to to rant about this um but yeah it's always always good fun we should definitely definitely do it again this summer i think there might be some more ranting to be had i've absolutely no doubt about it whatsoever (laughs) yes um but yeah for now i mean you know the, the tens of listeners that have probably heard it i hope you hope you enjoyed it i'm sure you you might have got more than four out of ten on that quiz, but let us know. If you did, I don't want to hear if you did. Oh, okay. I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, nice, nice, nice to talk to you. You too. On this gloriously hot, sunny day. That's uh, yeah. it. Yeah. No, it no specified time. No specified time. Um, exactly. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, let's, yeah, let's do this soon. Yeah.